0: Ah, beloved I'm Pastor Trey And you're now listening to the New Living Translation it's This bona Fide Bible Talk Cause God speaks my language too And I'm sure enough about to act like it Let's go I ain't never gonna lie to you on this podcast So much as I can help it I'ma keep it real with you at every turn Now every now and then My perspective might change over time. There may be some things that I say that a year or two from now, I don't fully agree with anymore. And that's because I'm a human who's dedicated to growing at all times. But I ain't going to lie to you. Like, I'm not going to say something that I outright know I do not believe or know is untrue. So here we go. Full transparency. There are times when I question why I am a Christian. Like, I don't all the way get the point of this faith sometimes i don't understand the purpose of this walk i've committed myself to sometimes and sometimes i'll be like man am i a bad christian because jesus said if you put your hands in the plow and look back you're not worthy of the kingdom I'm like am i am i looking back what's going on trey but i gotta let somebody know about the refuge that i find within the pages of scripture now i should be 100 percent clear here reading from the Hebrew scriptures today. This is not from a Christian perspective, but the Hebrew scriptures form a large part of the foundation from which what is now known and accepted as the Christian faith emerges. So I don't think I'm out of pocket here when I say this. I arrived at this position as my understanding of the Bible evolved. I learned that the Bible, B-I-B-L-E is for me, basic instructions before leaving earth. I was there at one time and as I gained more appreciation for how the Bible came to be and accepted it not as basic instructions before leaving earth but as books inspired by life's experiences I started to see a lot more people and peoples groups, communities in the Bible are undergoing the same struggles that I face every day. Whether that be with regards to my relationship with God or an identity crisis I might be having or struggling to face the realities of life and when things ain't all the way cute. There's a whole lot of that within the pages of Scripture. And there's safety in acknowledging that even when it gets messy, even when Okay, so I am from the black church tradition and I'm talking about hooting, hollering black church, good old celebration at the end of the sermon where it doesn't matter what scripture they pick. We probably going to end up at Calvary at some point along the way, not some point at the end, like it's going to happen. If you ain't shout, you ain't go to church Like from one of those traditions. And I don't say that to make light of or to denigrate that tradition. What I'm saying is that I was trained to look for opportunities to celebrate in the scriptures, whether or not that was the intention, that's what I intuited to myself. And when I learned to understand that celebration as the end result of a mining through and wrestling with these scriptures and the stories, my appreciation for it. Changed and grew in many significant ways. And I give that preface to say that this is one of them scriptures that we about to get into today, that we about to have this bona fide Bible talk about. One of those scriptures where it's not a whole lot of stuff to shout about. It's not a happy scripture, but it is one of those scriptures that reminds me that even when I don't feel all holy, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, that I have not placed myself outside of the story of God. So without further ado, we're going to have some bonafide Bible talk about Ecclesiastes chapter one. This is what the teacher, the son of King David, who held it down from Jerusalem said, The
1: most pointless of the pointless. The teacher says, "Ain't no point to none of this. What do we get for all this hustling we do, grinding ourselves from sun up to sun down? People come and people go, but the world keeps turning. The sun rises, the sun sets, and then it hurries back to the starting line and do it all over again. The wind blows down south." then switches back north and it keeps blowing round and round in the same cycle. Rivers flow into the sea and somehow the sea ain't never full. The water goes back to the rivers they came from and then back and forth all over again. Everything is played out. We ain't even got the words. No matter what we see, it's never enough. And we can't hear ourselves to wholeness. Everything that has been is everything that's going to be. Everything you've seen done is what's going to be done. Ain't nothing new out here. Is there anything you can see and be like, this is new? It's all ancient from times long before us. We don't think about the past. And ain't nobody gonna think about the future once the future becomes the past. I'm the teacher now, but I was king over Israel and Jerusalem. And I put my heart into using wisdom to figure the world out. And this hustle God done laid out for us? It's bad business. I seen all there is to see. And it ain't no point to it. It's like trying to catch the wind. You can't straighten out what's raggedy. You can't count what you ain't got. I kept it real with myself. Ain't no king before me been wise as me. Ain't nobody understand the game like me. I'm second to none. So I decided I was gonna learn to understand all this crazy mess out here. And then, I realized that's like trying to catch the wind too. See, there's a lot of grief that comes with wisdom. The more you know, the more you grieve.
0: There you have it. In this introductory chapter of Ecclesiastes, we meet this teacher. One who's presented to us as a king of Israel who ruled from Jerusalem, but doesn't talk too much about his political life. No, he talks about his quest for knowledge and understanding and breaking down the world and how it works. And it doesn't paint a very good picture. It's not hopeful. In fact, it's quite the opposite. This is meaningless. Vanity of vanities. Some translations of this passage say says all of this stuff, just happens over and over again. There's, no real point to it for any of us the sun goes up and down and up and down and the rivers flow into the sea the sea doesn't even get full it just puts the water back all of these cycles there's nothing new under the sun there's nothing that we haven't seen before and we don't even remember half the stuff and ain't nobody gonna remember the stuff that we doing and there's a whole lot of what is the point of all of this in all honesty the person speaking doesn't even really sound like they are firm in their belief in God. But I've been there before. I won't pretend to be impervious to the world around us and what it's like to struggle with the fact that our best efforts often don't yield the results that we want. Sometimes it seems like all of the things that we'd like to believe about the way things should work and what fulfillment ought to look and feel like, that's not how it plays out in front of us. And it can be a little disheartening to sit with that observation and that reality. So when I sit here and I read these thoughts, I understand them. But I also have questions about why they make their way into the Bible. You see, a lot of scriptures seem to be pointing us towards noticing and appreciating and honoring God's faithfulness, God's loving kindness, or even some of the more difficult aspects of God, the jealousy of God, the wrath of God. But in this particular book of the Bible, we look at the vanity the the pointlessness of the path that god has set before us and unlike the book of job another tough book to get through wrestling with what god puts before us where god eventually speaks up and interacts with job and job's friends god doesn't talk back in this one it's just somebody sitting there like there's no point to any of this i've i've seen how all of this plays out Yet and still, he never really disavows God. What he does say is that wisdom comes with a burden. That as our eyes are opened, the reality of the world that we live in can weigh heavily on your heart sometimes. And so, beloved of God, I'd like to extend an invitation for you to give your grief a seat at the table. Because if, ages and ages ago, These communities saw fit to give this book, calling everything that we know about life pointless, a place in the sacred canon. The very least we can do is quit pretending like everything is sunshine and roses and be honest about the fact that sometimes we struggle with these lives that God gave us. And that's okay. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're wavering in faith sometimes it means that we're growing in wisdom because there's a lot of grief that comes with wisdom and so i want to encourage you to try to get through this particular grief the only way we know how and that's together let me pray with you almighty god creator of heaven and earth we confess that there are times that the more we understand about your creation And the way that the world around us works, the less we understand about you. And sometimes that's a frustrating experience. There's a level of grief that comes with putting our best foot forward, only to see nothing happen. No changes coming down the pipeline. The cycle repeating itself over and over again. And worst of all, you seem to be silent through so much of it. We sit with our thoughts echoing in the vastness of the world around us, trying to make sense of it. And when we put the pieces together, we don't always like the picture. So, in this very moment, we beg of you, God, whose very name is love, that you would give us the capacity to enjoy these lives that you've given us. Help us to recognize joy as an act of resistance. Help us to practice contentment as an act of faith. Make a practice of renewing our minds. That we might not see the rhythms of life around us as your absence. But your very presence. Working among us to maintain the sacred pulse of your creation. And in that very way, God, we ask that you might be near us both now and forevermore. And when we find ourselves overcome by life's strong currents. We ask that you might keep us afloat in the buoyancy of community. And as your love has been made apparent through creation since the beginning of time, we ask that you might help us stay aware of your very image imprinted in the people that you have put around us. And in this way, we can pursue wisdom, even if it means we have to endure a little grief. Let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Translation is a production of three Black men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at three Black men. That's the number three, not spelled out Black men. You can find me on all social media platforms at Pastor Trey05. That's Pastor Trey05. Don't send me no Facebook request though. Like, I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three blackmen. Spell three out that time though. Patreon.com slash three blackmen. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the new living translation and three black men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar.